Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello. Dave. Internet. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with Hello, Internet. So, Craig. Hello, Internet. Nailed it. All right, uh, I'll, I'll do a quick one. Um, my good thing this week is a board game that came out in 2007. It's called Agricola, or Agricola, if you're me. I mean, anyway. that's, that's how I initially tried to pronounce it, and I'm pretty sure yeah, I was wrong, I... so... Look, I thought it was Agricola, so if Greg says it, it must be wrong. No, so here, here's my argument for that. The word is agriculture. You know, we say agriculture. Correct. So why wouldn't it be Agricola? That was right. my thinking as well. Oh, I was I was thinking cola, like like the drink, like the, the carbonated beverage. Agricola and... sounds like it would be a, a town in Star Tropics. So apparently it's Latin for farmer. How to pronounce? Oh, I have a how to pronounce guide. Uh-huh. Hold on, I'm looking. I think you've already pronounced guide. You got it on the first try. It's guide, but it could be agricola. It's agricola. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, so we it's were all game. wrong. It came out in 2007. Um, it's a worker placement game, which is probably my favorite genre of board games about farming. It is Stardew Valley the board game before Stardew Valley was a thing. Um, but it's, Stardew Valley has a board game. I, I know that's before Stardew Valley exists. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. You get a bunch of animals, you farm, you get blocked by your friends because you just want to do stuff. And you're like, I'm not going to farm today because my friend who happens to have a farm right down the street uh, farm today. So I guess I can't farm today, you know, that sort of thing. Because that's how farming works. It is, but it is a, a very fun game. I'm enjoying it. We, we've been playing it on Board Game Arena, and if you guys want to join us, then come join our Discord and uh, join our board game channel, because we, we, we play games, as you might have noticed from our good things. And Dave, how would how would one join our Discord? Uh, you have to be part of the secret club, and, uh, the, and Marisi will DM you a link. Um, to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash CosmereCast. And there you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. To join a discussion, visit our Patreon page, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thanks. Oh, my and life. please, enjoy the show. <laughs> anyway, that's my good thing. It's fun. I'm probably going to go pick it up in real life, so that way I can play it with others that aren't on BGA. BGA is real life. And you don't have to let other players block you. You can you can block yourself, like I did in our last game. Anyway, Dave, I think it's your turn to hello internet. I uh, I re-listened to an, a music album this week. Um, it's pretty great, pretty old. Uh, this is 2003, but it must be a remaster. Uh, yeah, it's got to be anyway. So anyway, uh, it's an album by a band called Lips Inc. And you're probably most familiar with the eponymous track, Funky Town. Funky Town's a pretty good song, but listen to the album, Funky Town. This might be a compilation, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, which is why it's 03. But anyway, 
It's got a big purple box with lips on it by Lips Inc. Get it? Lips Inc. Dad joke band name. Um, my favorite track is the second track, Jazzy. And just really like go and listen to Designer Music, which is the second most popular track on this album. It sounds like Ghosts and Goblins. Like, I swear that Capcom took inspiration from this song when they wrote the music for Ghosts and Goblins. So it's kind of interesting. But yeah, it's uh, it's a little funky and jazzy and you know, a good mix of the kind of music that I don't always uh, listen to. But I enjoy when I take a break from the, the uh, usual course and put on something like this. Funky Town by Lips Inc. The album, the entire album. Cool. Uh, so my hello internet this week is a book that just came out a few days ago, five days ago, actually, uh, the Kaiju Preservation Society by John Scalzi. I don't want to actually tell you about the book because it's very easy to dip into spoilers and I don't want to spoil anything. It's very good. John Scalzi, that name sounds familiar. Oh, it's because he's written a bunch of other books and I've talked about them before, uh, specifically the Old Man's War series. But yeah, I was I was giving you a chance to talk about how how much you fangirl over him. He's very good. Um, he's also written Red Shirts and Fuzzy Nation and the Head On series. I think it's called. Yeah. The Red Shirts is just a bunch of like Godzilla fodder. No, Red Shirts and Kaiju don't interact. Uh, because we know how that game. would end. But <laughs> if if. Dave, you or Craig wanted to pick up Scalzi. Uh, Red Shirts would almost certainly be like the best first book for either of you. That's hmm. that's on my list of things to read. I haven't picked it up yet, but I think I will. You should. It's it's very enjoyable. Um, but yeah, so I've Kaiju, been told. Kaiju Preservation Society just came out five days ago. It's excellent. Very quick read too. So like, if you're, for instance, between um, Stormlight Archive books and you would like a quick palate cleanser. Go for that one. It's like 240 pages in the hardcover. Very, very quick. And that's my Hello Internet this week. So, Tori? Hello, Internet. So let me tell you about this show that just came out recently. It's uh, Taika's new show, Our Flag Means Death. It's a pirate comedy on HBO. It's fabulous. I love it. I'm I'm a little obsessed with it. Um, there's ten episodes altogether. Eight of them are out at the time of this recording. The first couple episodes, eh, you could take them or leave them, but it really starts picking up after episode three. Um, so a little bit about the plot. So uh, Steed Bonnet, the gentleman pirate, and Blackbeard. These are real historical figures that really existed. Um, in the show, they've turned it into like a sitcom and it's um so steed the the gentleman pirate is just uh he's a he's a wealthy landowner who's decided he's tired of being a noble and he seeks a life of adventure on the seas as a pirate and he's he's really terrible at being a pirate because he's so foppish and uh and and basically spoiled and he's got this long-suffering crew that about half of them are like yeah this is great because we're on the seas and and the captain pays us whether we loot anybody or not, because that's how jobs work. Um, and the other half are like, this guy's a terrible pirate and we should mutiny. And then they're like, but wait a minute, who will read us bedtime stories if we mutiny? <laughs> because he reads them bedtime stories. Um, 
And through misadventure, they encounter Blackbeard. Uh, and Blackbeard is played by Taika Waititi, excellently played by him. And Blackbeard is um, disillusioned with the pirate life. And so the two of them decide to work together. Um, Blackbeard will show Bonnet how to be a pirate, and Bonnet will show Blackbeard how to be an aristocrat. And their their friendship is just so so wholesome and beautiful and i i love them and i can't wait to watch the last two episodes i hope they deliver on the promise of the first eight episodes but that's on hbo our flag means death uh, just look up the trailer if you haven't yet it's uh, the show is just like that i've always wondered if blackbeard right after killing someone said you got teached he might have done because his name is Edward Teach. Mm-hmm. I'd That'll like to believe that he did. Learn him. Um, That's just what he should say. He should be like, that ought to learn you. <laughs> ah! And then nobody gets it. Just just <laughs> nobody gets it. You know, uh, they won't get it because they won't get it because they're dead. Ha ha ha. They already got it. Uh, so Dave, you read some chapters this week. I read at least some chapters this week. Uh, we are covering Oathbringer by Brandon Sanderson, chapters 39 through the rest of the chapters we did this week. 44. Nailed it. Gesundheit. Chapter 39. Not S. Two shards settling in one location. They're not supposed to do that. That's <laughs> like, they do that all the time. Well, the books we've been reading, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, given your limited experience, it's like, uh, uh that seems got, more common. We have Skadriel, Roshar, and Cell all have multiple shards. Whoops! Therendadine has zero. That's a multiple of two. Uh, I guess, like, Edgley's the only edge case. First of the Sun doesn't have a shard shard. But it's influenced by one. But there, but there's uh, no shard shard there. There's no shard shard there. And yeah, Threnody, Threnody is without shard. Shardmander. Was, uh, what's her face behind both of those? Endowment? Well, or not endowment. Autonomy. Uh, ar- ar- yeah, Autonomy yeah, yeah. is behind... Arcany. Is behind First of the Sun. And Threnody we'll, was because we'll, am- ambition bled there while... Anarchy. We will discuss Threnody this week. There will oh. be there will be some Threnody discussion. Okay. So we can get to that. Yeah, there's a there's another uh chapter heading that more explicitly addresses Threnody. Alright. Um <laughs> Everyone sucks figures, quoth Kaladin. <laughs> <laughs> That's lifted directly from the book. Yeah, really good impression. Word. It's in quotation marks in my notes. Quotation marks, yeah. Kaladin, Adolin, Elokar, and three others need to sneak into Kolinar. So who are the three others going to be? And I wrote this guest, I wrote down the Lopin, maybe, Teft, although after finishing this week's chapters, probably not, and Scar? Scar, someone's name? Scar maybe is Ro- someone's yeah. name, there is yes. a Scar, Maybe yes. Rolaine? It'd be kind of funny to bring Rolaine into Colinar, right? Rolaine is also someone's name, yes. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my guesses. At least he wrote the Lopin, <laughs> so he got that correct. Well, you know, they're not going to go without him. They probably won't bring Moash. Um, <laughs> they, they would if he were still with them. Uh, yeah. Although that would be, I don't know, maybe Kaladin wouldn't, because that would be a pretty good assassination opportunity. <laughs> like, oh, sneak into Kolinar with the king, huh? 
Anyway, Whoops, there's that's... a dagger in your back. How did that get there? <laughs> All right. So just why is Kaladin so mean to light-eyed women anyway? At least Shallan took the most important notes. Where's your <laughs> armor, Shallan? Where's your magic horse? Shallan is still a ward. Pattern feels weird here. Yasna wants the shin. Take better notes. Hilarion was an acolyte of the Skybreakers. Wow, you're truth bombing us right now. Yeah, man. That's uh, right from the letter found in Vale's jacket pocket. All right, Craig, what did I mean? Uh, everyone sucks figures. That's just Kaladin being Kaladin. Good. Is, isn't this where he stands aside? Or is this that meeting? Where he's like standing, everyone else is sitting. He's like, I'm going to stand against the wall and be away from everyone. Yeah, he's he's looming. He is looming. Um, So they're having a meeting between uh, Team Team Radiant. I'll just call it that. You know, we yep, got yep. Eleanor and everyone. <laughs> um, so they're planning on doing a, a mission to go check out, see what's happening in Kolinar. Um, Elokar is going. This is his mission. And Kaladin and Adolin are definitely going. And it's like they have maybe a team of like six, they're saying. So Dave is speculating who could be coming. They specifically we... say to bring three bridgemen. Sure. Three squires. And, and then th- those are some squires that he listed. Good job, Dave. Maybe Drehi. Drehi's someone's name, right? I don't think they'll bring yeah. Mimihuku Makiaki Ayalunamore because he doesn't fight. But if they really want some good stew while they're invading or reconnoitering, then like Mimihuku Makiaki Ayalunamore is a candidate. But they can't expect him to fight. Why would they take him away from his family? Uh, that's another like, good like they <laughs> okay. just yeah, got there. his family just showed up. <laughs> Come on, well, Rock. Hey, come on, bring the whole family, Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore. They're welcome too. So once again, that's Rock, other Rock, song, other song, chord, gift, and one other. I think. Craig, I don't know. Dave, something star, something. Uh, other more different song. No, I, I listed both songs. There's, there's no. There's... Songs? They are not three. There songs. was three. There were three rocks. Right? I thought there were two rocks. There's only two rocks. There's rock. There's there's pebble. Maybe uh, you're gonna make me look this up. Let me scroll up. There's here. the rock. There's the boulder. There's the pebble. We have gift cord rock star. I knew it was star. I told you guys it was okay, star. It was star. And beautiful song. And of yeah. course, the parents are rock and song. So anyway. Shalon was supposed to be taking notes during this meeting, and she took notes for like five minutes and then started drawing a sketch of Kaladin. She took pictures, particularly took of pictures. Kaladin. Uh, she's, and Yasna's she's, like, aren't she's, you supposed to marry my cousin? <laughs> so Shalon is, is much more suited to be like the, the sketch artist in the court than the stenographer. Yes. Correct. Right, but she shouldn't. She shouldn't see the stenography as below her, and she should. She should learn to do it anyway. If she's gonna be a proper light eyes woman, needs to learn how to do it all. Yeah, if she wants to be a scholar. This is this is part of it. You know, you gotta. It's like, no, so when... you should have sent for a scribe," said the person attacked with being a scribe. <laughs> <laughs> in defense of Shalon, though. Like, her talents really are in in artwork and studying. Like, she is a natural historian. Like, that really is her thing. But I'm not sure it's really a thing that exists yet uh, in, on Roshar. In further defense of Shallan, Kaladin's pretty dreamy. Well, in, <laughs> He's in wearing a shirt further, in this scene, though. <laughs> in further, further defense of Shallan, I have completely done this, too. I... 
I feel so bad for her. Like I have a, a very vivid memory of being in high school chemistry class, which was right after lunch for some inexplicable reason. And being like, okay, Tori, you have to pay attention in class today. The teacher is talking, pay attention, listen to what she's saying. And then like five minutes later, realizing I was thinking about the Mario game I was playing at home and like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I, I had just tuned out and missed like 10 minutes of chemistry lecture. And by then it's too late to hop back in. And so poor Shalon, like I feel for her. It happens. I was always pretty good at paying attention while not really paying attention. Dude, I took so many naps in class. I don't know how I got away with it. I think it's because I got good grades as well. I I seriously just learned by os- osmosis. I would just I would nap and I would take a test and I would ace it. And it, that's just what I did. All the information. Go ahead, Dave. I can remember specific instances where I'd be playing on my TI eighty three plus Silver Edition calculator. And the teacher would see me playing on my calculator and call on me and ask me a question, and I would answer it like, <laughs> not, like while playing on my He's calculator, like, answer the question. Got you, and you're like, haha, got you right back. I actually remember the specific question, and it was, uh, what is the what is the largest example of static electricity that you can think of? The largest. Wouldn't that be lightning? It was lightning, and yeah. I was paying just enough attention to answer that question while playing Phoenix on my TI-83 Plus Silver Edition calculator. I, I was thinking the the largest example would be when my dog hops into my bed and touches me with his nose in the middle of the night and shocks both of us. Like, that's the largest example of static electricity. Well, seeing a static shock in the dark's awesome. If that's lightning, then yes, it is. I mean, they're basically the same thing, just different scale. Um, but yeah, no, like everything you're being told is also in the book. So if you're if you're reading the textbook, right. no. So one thing I've learned about myself as as I've gotten older in in high school, they do it all wrong. Like the teacher will stand up and give you a lecture about whatever, and then tell you to go home and do your homework, which involves reading the chapter and. When you read the chapter, you inevitably are reading what they just talked about. But in college, they do it the other way around. You've got the syllabus. It tells you to read this chapter before you come to class. You get to class, and then you talk about that chapter. And, oh my gosh, you guys, it's a revelation. That is the way I learn. I learn so yeah. much better from reading than I do from sitting in an uncomfortable chair and listening to someone with a monotonous voice drone on and on. I feel like grade schools and high schools do a lot of things backwards. For real. I managed to ace my high school, one of my high school English classes. We did a section on A Tale of Two Cities. Never read the book. Hate Charles Dickens. Tried reading it and immediately fell asleep. Aced <laughs> the section because I just paid attention in class. I had the same thing happen with um, Turn of the Screw. Didn't read it. I just paid attention in class. So uh, how about that Shalon? Yeah, let's, Yo, let's continue. Is, all right, so this is basically like this is basically the like being in college and being a math major and having to take English classes to get your math major. Like the core Rex. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, like, lo- lo- like it or hate it, it's pretty similar. Uh, Yasna is teaching Shalon to be more well-rounded and should be disciplined in multiple areas, not just drawing. Yeah, the problem with Shalot is that she was sort of left on her own for like a year or six months. No, the, long the problem was. is that she wants to be in trade school and she's in college. She didn't. She <laughs> wasn't left alone for a year or six months. She was left alone for a book. 
Yeah, whatever, however long that was. And that she was like, expand back to her childhood. She so became really. a radiant, found a which is what Yasna has been doing for like her life. Yeah, she did Yasna's job for her. Exactly. Come on, where's <laughs> where's the credit? Where's I'm just credit? I'm just picturing like she was left alone long enough that now she's gone feral. <laughs> <laughs> she's a feral scholar. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Yasna calls for a break, um, and then of course she confronts Shalon about how she's just drawing pictures of Dreamy Kaladin, and you know Shalon responds like she's she's a radiant now, like she doesn't have to do that, and Yasna's like, oh really? You're a full radiant. Where's your armor, Shalon? And where's her horse? I added. So you you did add that. I want to. Is this like? Is this Kaladin's full name now? Like, like now we we can't just say Lopin. We have to say the Lopin. So now instead of Kaladin, are we required to call him Dreamy Kaladin? Oh yeah, that's what he's doing. Dreamy Kaladin Stormblessed. <laughs> we'll add but more. No, we'll add sometimes more to this. he's Brooding Kaladin though, and he's not Dreamy Kaladin. Right Hold now on. he's Dreamy Kaladin. Time out. Time out. Craig just said Brooding like that's a real word. <laughs> Brooding. <laughs> Brooding. <laughs> You're thinking of a brooch. It's fine. Broaching Kaladin. Or a brooch. I don't actually know how to say that word. Uh, we've also brooch. we've also brooch. skated over the fact that like most of this chapter is Kaladin and Yasna screaming at each other in a room full of people. Yeah. yeah. That's what I wrote. Just why is Kaladin so mean to light-eyed women anyway? It's in the bullet points. It it's is. Yeah, but it wasn't in Craig's recap. I didn't know what to make of that, aside from Kaladin and Yasna arguing with each other in the middle of the meeting. Um, so hey, you did it. Kaladin would like <laughs> would like to not war, please. And then Yasna's like, "No, we need to kill everyone. Our people, yeah. their people, everyone." She's the pragmatic one. I will survive this. You can all die. Yep. Is and now roughly, we sound like psychopaths again. Is roughly Yasna's position, and she'll survive it because. It's implied here that she has armor. Yeah, and she can team up with Taravangian, and they can do all the Machiavellis. All the Machiavellis! <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, essentially she's still a ward until she meets the minimum requirements of being a scholar. So that's that's what Yasin tells her. Puts her down, like, look, relax, kid, you're still a kid. Yeah, learn. Um, I don't know, pa- pattern feels weird here. I don't know what that, I don't remember what that was about. There's, Shalon suspects that there's some kind of anomaly in Shadesmar in this area. And Yasna's like, yeah, we can check it out later. But he actually says but, there's something weird about this. And Yasna responds with, um, you don't want to discount the, the random utterings of a sprint. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like this place is memories or something like that. Anyway, I'm yeah. sure it won't come up later. <laughs> nah. And then... um. Of course, she has a lot of blah, blah, blahs in her notes. So Yasna's like, you got to take better notes. And and she does have to summarize them for Navani and uh, Elokar. So get the work. And then finally, as they're heading out after the meeting, she goes into her room and finds a note in Vale's pocket. Hey, Dave, you want to tell us about that note? Yeah. Hilarion was an acolyte of the Skybreakers. But we actually get to read the full note in Chapter 40. Questions, peaks, and inferences. Rip Uli Da, and I'm guessing that's the Shardbearer from Threnadine. Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and dig into that. So, Uli Da, because you're not going to get any more information about this from the books, this is all word of Brandon at this point, uh, was the Shardholder for Ambition, and was 
splintered not in the Threnodite system, but elsewhere, but was injured very badly in the Threnodite system, which screwed up investiture there. It did something. Was it Ambition is the, is the shard? Yes. Uh, and Ulida is not human. Dragon? Shodel, which is the third uh, sapient species from Yolan. So there's humans, dragons, and uh, Shodel. Yolan? Yeah. Dragon Yolan is the world. planet. Yeah. The it's one, where the Hoid one we, comes from. Yeah. It's the one we haven't gotten to yet, but is incredibly important. By we, we mean everyone. Yes. There's no book on it yet. All right. So there's humans, dragons, and crab people? No, no, Dave. That's Roshar. Roshar has crab people. So we Uli don't actually know what, what kind it? of race this is. Okay. So we don't know anything about the Uli Dulians. Got it. Uh, I'm pulling it up now. Uh, see if we know anything. It says they're not a hive mind. Oh, okay. Yeah, there there wasn't much there wasn't much information, so I just didn't bother. Okay, so I guess yeah, I mean I guess Roshar has multiple sapient creatures like uh, humans and Parshendi. I will and say crab people. Someone made some fan art and they look like fish people. Oh, dude, it's Lamulana. Sure, whatever you say. Anyway, it looks like fish people, so we'll see. Okay. Well, Lamulana right. also has horse people. Like there's there's a bunch of fish people and there's a bunch of horse people. No horse people. There's there's like eight different types of types of horses. So, so back okay. to what what Mike was saying. Um, essentially, ambition was wounded, fatally wounded by odium, and either it happened on Threnody or near Threnody, and ambition happened to like bleed while traveling past the system or something weird like that. Either way, it really mucked up Threnody. Bleed is almost certainly not the right term. It is not. But, it's, but it, it's like bleeding if you could bleed investiture, I think, maybe. Like like bleeding on a spiritual level, that's sort of what happened. Don't they use the term bleed in the letter? No. I got I got a little confused with the letters, because I didn't know if Frost was readdressing Hoid. I think it's next chapter. This is yeah. not... I don't think this is Frost, actually. It is not Frost, but Wait. I want to save that until the end of this section. Okay. Okay. And by section, I mean part two. So, like, in a week or two. Oh, okay. Or however many it is until okay. we get there. Uh, one, All right. two. Sons of Honor. Skybreakers. Yeah, Highspren. Next scene. Vale says Shalon can't decide who she is. Gaz was a fine sergeant. Ishna. Spy trainer audition. It's like teaching pigs to speak Latin. Right, when let's... you say Gaz was a, Gaz was a fine sergeant, you snickered. I don't know. Maybe he was a fine sergeant from his perspective. Like he was just trying to encourage Kaladin to do better. Uh... I mean, he was pretty good at doing the thing that like the light eyes wanted him to do in his position. I mean, everyone then... hates their sergeant, and he was good at getting people to hate him. I think. And then Kaladin went completely behind his back and screwed him. Someone had to take the blame. And it wasn't going to be the protagonist, let me tell you what. <laughs> Until later. And then Adolin goes to sympathy jail, which is catered and has a nice toilet and down cushions. Perfumed baths. But it's, but it's, but it's sympathy jail. <laughs> oh, man, let's read this letter. Sons of Honor, Skybreakers, Highsprint. So I think this is specifically from Razy, or at least Shalon believes it is. 
And this is, he's kind of teasing her with information about her brother, Hilarion. And Hilarion was an acolyte, whatever that means, of the Skybreakers. So presumably not a squire. Either they have acolytes instead of squires, or it's a different term entirely. I don't believe Hilarion shows any investiture. We didn't really see too much of him. Uh, he did have a shard blade. He didn't have plate, I don't think, just a blade. Which was like on loan from the Shard Blade Museum. It wasn't no, he a friend. <laughs> he had blade and plate because Kaladin had to stab him through the eye gap. Right. He was wearing a plate, yes. Okay. No, Amaram st- stabbed him through the eye plate. Remember? Right. Oh, Amaram yes. did that. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, oh. Sons of Honor is a different thing. That's the thing that King Gavilar was part of. And they were actively trying to bring back the desolation, i.e. summon the Parshendi gods, so that they could get their their good pals, the Heralds, back and play a game of backgammon with them. And that's why he had to be assassinated. It's almost like we read that whole scene in the prologue of this book. Shalon is reading about it. In this letter, sure. maybe Marisi. she read that whole scene for all we know. <laughs> listen, maybe Marisi wrote the prologue <laughs> from Eshenai's perspective. <laughs> there, there are so many secret societies on Roshar that you cannot swing a cat without hitting a member of at least three, Why and you then you're going to be in trouble with the secret society that deals with swinging cats because they are very litigious. So, as a quick thing for you, Dave, the important ones that we know of are listed here. Sons of Honor, Skybreakers, and uh, we know the diagram, and we know the ghost plots. Right, and Marazia's diagram, and Graves is... Oh, sorry. Uh, Marazia's ghost plots, and Moash and Graves are diagramist. Yes. Okay. So yeah, that's, so that's the Sons of Honor, and then there's the Skybreakers, led by the Herald Nail, who yep. apparently the associated spren with Skybreakers are called High Spren. Alright. I don't know if they just... The, that's the spren that shows up when you start smoking drugs and stuff. Hey, it's, it's, it's legal in a bunch of states now, okay? <laughs> okay. High spren are... Um, oh, it actually doesn't say what they're from. Like, cause, cause, I mean, like, so all this sentient spren are, like, not necessarily, I don't know, from something? Spren, we have cryptics that are more representative of ideas and not, you know, el- natural elements. I mean, I've always interpreted them as, like, justice spren. Okay. Like, like your high horse spren. Like, get yeah. off your high horse spren. Exactly. Speaking of, how come Yasta doesn't have a shard horse yet? She's not a full radiant either. Neener, neener. There's a chance you're making things up, Dave. No, dude. The Resetium are the third spren. Or the third shard. Yeah, let's believe everything our characters say. This ain't Wax and Wayne, all right? All right, so I'm waiting for Solfrena to turn into a horse and armor and a sword at the same time. Uh, maybe they need three different sprint. Oh, wait. Maybe there are going to be three different types of sprint, too. Maybe not. Who knows? Uh, so, yeah, that's what the letter said. Stuff about sky beakers and high sprint. And... Next scene. Vale says Shalon can't decide who she is. So Vale goes into town and hanging out with Vitha and Gaz and, and Red and... The other guy, he talks funny. We, we, we talk like Louis. That guy. Forgot his name. And I wouldn't worry about him. That rash looked really bad. <laughs> Vale uh, recognizes a woman that's been following her around. Her name is Ishna. 
And Ishna basically wants to work for Vale, supposedly. And Vale's like, okay, you can start by training my 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 bros to be spies like you. And she's like, she's thinking like, maybe I can learn to be a spy too. Uh, and Ishna's like, these jokers, they can't be spies. And Vale's like, do it, or or I won't be your friend. And that's the end of chapter forty. So. Good summary, Dave. Yeah. Anything else for Chapter 40? Although, did you point out that uh, apparently um, Isna was like, Ishna was uh, spying on her before? Like, Shalon didn't notice all of the spying attempts. Right. So she she's half decent. Yes, she is wearing clothes, mostly. Yeah. As long as her hand, her, her <laughs> uh, free hand is cut. Wait, safe hand. Whoa, we almost went risque in this podcast. Yeah, that would be like covering part of your body that's not taboo. Hey, hey, Dave. What? I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this, Mike, but there is a website that exists for uh for that have questionable hands. Hang on, that are hang shown. on. Let me give a disclosure. Uh, the rest of this podcast is NSFV, not safe for Voronism. <laughs> Wait, wait, now now we're we're putting that disclaimer on here? I mean if you're gonna Let's tell them about forward. Safe Hand Hub, then yeah. So if it, Mike yep, there is a not safe hand hub. You know, in case look, I'm not telling you to go there, but if you wanna see some safe hands, there you go. No, legit this site exists. I love that this is a thing that actually exists. It's so good that people made this. You guys can't see it, but both Mike and Dave are making faces at what I've just said. So Craig's good thing this week is <laughs> Safe Hand tubes. Safe Hand Hub. It Hamija just linked it in uh in our spoiler free episode channel. Only go there though if no one's watching. And make sure you open an incognito tab. Right. Most popular images in Alethkar. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright. This took an awkward turn before chapter forty two. Forty one. Even. Well, all right, all right, 41. 41's just uh, on the ground looking up. All right, so Hoyd turned his back on Divinity, apparently. That's that's what we learn here. Yep. So did he have the opportunity to receive a shard and he turned it down? That's or the working he, theory, yeah. Did it mean that he just turned his back on Divinity as in, like, he stopped associating with the gods? As no, far as we know. The gods in some way. He's writing them letters. That's That's hardly cutting off communication. As far as we know, he helped them overthrow Adonalsium, and he decided not to take a shard when when they well, were giving up giving out the shards. I think he giving wanted up. to keep keep his free will. You know, the shards start Maybe. to take over people's will. Maybe he didn't you know. That. I don't know. Maybe he just like, but he likes collecting investiture, as we've seen. So he's just like. I'd rather just have all these magic powers and be able to do what I want with them. Well, that's because he's up to something. We just don't know what. Do we know what? No, we don't. Does Lanny know what? So what happens in chapter 41? <laughs> Teft, Teft is a drug addict, is what happens in 41. That's literally all that happens. Yeah. yeah I mean, it. this is a serious scene. Yeah, and... it's, it's pretty, um, yeah, it's, it's well handled and insightful to people that you know don't have the experiences that teft has here everything i've read on the subreddit is that this is very accurate like teft's what is described here and his characterization is very accurate 
and he was clean because he was forced to be clean when he was a bridgeman. And then uh, he saw this horrible shadow monster thing and, yeah, needed some help dealing with that. There is this Bren apparently following him around. Yeah, Craig, would you like to expand on that? No, you noticed a sprint, huh, Dave? Interesting. Mm. I I don't know what you want me to talk about here. Is it an honor sprint? It's kind of more big size. It is more big size. It's something, you know, he like... Have we seen a more big honor sprint before? In Shadesmar? More recent than that. Out of Shadesmar. Yes, out of Shadesmar. (laughs) Do you recall when they were on the plains, Shattered Plains, and Rock gave an offering... Snakes on a shattered plane. Okay, Dave doesn't remember, so we're good. We're good, Mike. Okay. Talking about all the people that Sylphrena thumbed her nose at, and she's like, "Nah, I was right." You don't remember vibes. there was a life-size sprint, uh, like a a big-size honor sprint. I don't remember <sighs> there being a big one. Okay. Just like a a main one. There, there, there was a main one. It was big. It was yeah. human-sized. There was a big one. There was a big one. Uh, maybe Teft knows something about her then. Uh, we does. do also, I think we've we've heard this before, but Teft betrayed his family because he said, he thought his family were heretics, so he turned them all in and got them all killed. And then he was like, yeah. Kaladin's a windrunner. Uh-oh, my family was right all along. Shouldn't have had them off. Oops. Yeah, well, I don't think. He didn't mean for them to be killed. They were committing elaborate suicide. So, like, killing them did not make sense. So they were like a weird cult. That was, uh, you know, believing in the Knights Radiant and trying to bring them back sort of thing. Oh, and that's I think why he I thought they would get him. help when he told on them. And instead, they're like, let's just kill them. And that is not what he wanted to happen. They Either way, it still weighs on him. They didn't need to kill them. They could have just left them alone and they would have dealt with it themselves. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, so he's passed out in the uh, in the opium den. And Dreamy Kaladin shows up and has Rock. Oh, sorry. Has Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore drag him back to the bridge camps. And like Teft's reaction is just like, it's like, uh, won't be able to get high for a while. Because that's how much of it, like, through all of it, like, that's, you know, that's the hold that this uh, fire moss has on him, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. Chapter 42. Yep. Consequences. Void is bearer of the first gem. What's a gem? Is that like a shard? Okay, I looked this up because I was curious, and I don't know. <laughs> I, ha- I have a guess that we might want to talk about in Spoiler Town. Okay, have you read the Coppermind page on this, Craig? Uh, no. What, okay. what am I looking for? I don't know what to look up. Uh, the first gem would be the keyword. Anyway, oh. keep going, Dave. Okay. Okay. Yzerza Ellen is the Herald of Kings. Yezer is the King of Heralds. Get it right. Who would have taken the time to pile up a thousand little crustaceans? Sunmaker decimated Azir. Yeah, ah, you're yay. old. You used the word correctly. <laughs> there she is. Lift edged her way into the vision. <laughs> so, is Nightwatcher like Stormfather's ex or something? Uh, All right. maybe. All right, Tori, actually. what did Craig mean <laughs> when I read my Mike's notes? What What did Craig mean? <laughs> I don't know, but he probably pronounced it wrong. Oh, thanks, Tori. 
Uh, so in, in this chapter, Dalinar is trying to show uh, the the Emperor of Azir his vision so that he can talk to him because Azir is being uh, un- uncooperative in the in the whole, you know, trying to make peace and join up against the Voidbringers thing. Um, and as he's talking to uh, Gox, the Emperor, um, Lyft shows up like she does and and uh she's awesome yes she is i love i i love this encounter um she she says that we can't trust alinar because he's got a tight butt and that's (laughs) that's my favorite thing that she says ever and um and Stormfather is really mad about it. It's like, oh my gosh, she's uh, if this is this is her doing, and is talking about the Night Watcher, and um, he's, he's really mad about it. Did I cover all the things? Yeah. So Night Watcher didn't let Lift in. Oh, I mean, sorry, Night Watcher did let Lift in. Apparently, where Lift is tainted by the Night Watcher, and like Night or uh, Stormfather is just so flustered by it. He's like, so they, angry. They had thing. They were they dated, all right. That's that's all there is to it. It's the only explanation. Yeah, like like Night Watcher didn't let Lift in, but it's because of Night Watcher's influence that Lift was able to get in. Yeah, Look, Lift just does what she does. Lift is slippy slidey. She can squeeze mm-hmm. into places. Yeah, that's true. So the other thing is like, all right. So we remember that Lift had uh, made a petition from Night Watcher to be a better daughter or something. I don't remember. But this this came up in Edge Dancer, how Lyft had visited the Night Watcher. But so did Dalinar. Mm, yep. So, like, why is Dalinar cool? Nobody knows. It's a mystery. I, it's probably because Dalinar doesn't smell like Night Watcher. What does Lyft? Night Watcher smell like, Craig? I, I don't know. Ask Stormfather. All right. What else is there to talk about for Chapter 42? I guess Gox is, like, doesn't trust Dalinar. Is Dalinar has a tiny butt. <laughs> Therefore, you can't trust them. Come on. I mean, Gox has to turn to his number one advisor, Lyft. Obviously, Gox is also re- like he's um, he's a kid. He's such a kid. No, so the thing, Gox is like reasonably suspicious because you know Dalinar isolated him from his viziers. Like that's pretty pretty sus. Gox don't want to trust him. Makes sense. Plus, he has a tight butt. But this is Vision Dalinar. Plus, maybe IRL Dalinar has a saggy butt. (laughs) Well, you don't get a tight butt unless you're going around swinging swords and punching people. Yeah, that's what the problem is. It's because he's he's widely known to be a a warmonger and a killer and a scary guy. So, Mm -hmm. but Lyft doesn't need to know his reputation. She just needs to look at his butt. Yep, sounds about right. Yep, Lyft is very wise. Yes, let's all look at Dalinar's butt. And compare it to Adolin's butt. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like fun. <laughs> and Dreamy Kaladin needs to get in on it, right? He's not related, though. So I guess you... Yeah, that's a good... Like, you get to see the nature versus nurture. Like, how does, like, Adolin's butt compare to Dalinar's butt because, uh, you know, because of genes? Not... <laughs> Not blue jeans, but I mean also DNA. <laughs> also those, you know. Forget it. Alright, are we you know, but Kaladin, you know, maybe it's just you can compare Kaladin's butt to their butts and see if it's just about, you know, fighting and challenge and stuff. And let's get Renarin in here too. We need yeah, a control. 
Yeah. Yes, I broke Craig. Anything further? I can see from the video that I broke Craig. All right, chapter 43. Chapter 43. Spearmint. I don't think that's right. What's the title <laughs> of chapter 43? Spearmint. That's the name of... No, that's it. You got it right, <laughs> Dave. Spearmint? Okay. Spearman. Uh, Spearman. Oh, I know Spearman. That's the guy from Mega Man 6. All right. This chapter logo is busted. Feverth must be a Thalen. Wait, is it busted or have you not finished reading the chapter yet? The chapter heading icon prophecy came true. Oh, there it is. Good thing Kaladin trained Moash to stay alive here. Is this Voidbringer an edge dancer? Okay, dude, you just gave a shard blade to the enemy. I mean, he wasn't really giving much of a choice. He could either die or surrender. Either way, they're getting a shard blade out of him. But only in one of those do they first get to put a shard blade into him. Mm. (laughs) Uh, There's Moash, regretting every day of his life. Mostly because of the food. He misses Numuhuku Makiaki Ayaluna more the most. That's reasonable. It's like, everybody's cooking sucks. My cooking is the best, and my cooking sucks. (laughs) Yeah, so... We have Moash and Graves and Feverth. And Feverth is a diagram follower, but still holding on to his old superstitions or whatever. And something, something, something. Voidbringer assault. And then they find all the, you know, armor, the shard plate. They, uh, so they're not wearing the shard plate, by the way, which I don't know. Is it bad to wear heavy armor in, in the tundra? Except it's not heavy. Remember, it's more like mithril. So I guess it conducts the cold. That doesn't make sense, does it? It's not really a temperature issue so much as a if anybody sees them, they'll immediately spot a shard bearer issue. Oh, yeah. But apparently that didn't help because the void bringers immediately come down on them and take their shards. The, the temperature issue is Moash not getting rid of his jacket. Yeah, but he has to cut the bridge four patch off of his jacket. And then he has to cut the bridge four patch off of his shoulder. A tattoo? Yeah. He doesn't do it, but he should. <laughs> yeah, he should. So Moash fights off the Voidbringers for a little bit, uh, thanks to Dreamy Kaladin's training in the chasms. And it's fun. He's got this shard blade, but he's like, nuts to this. And he grabs a spear and fights with a spear instead. Whatever works. I mean, oh, he was... He was trying to fight with the shard blade and it wasn't working, so he got mm-hmm. something that worked. He doesn't have an awesome sill blade that can turn into a spear or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, yada yada. Long story short, he kills the edge dancer one, and oh, there's some weird like this. So there's wait, edge dancers can't lash though. So this he kills this the one... wind runner one. Yeah, there's a wind runner one. She seemed like she was like kind of slick, like an edge dancer, but maybe, but probably not. I guess she makes sense that she's a windrunner because she does lash him up into the air. Uh, he kills her, but they're like lashing. It makes stuff like a dark light instead of like a light light. I wonder if we'll learn more about that later. Oh, probably. I imagine. Not. I imagine it looking kind of like Tail from Majora's Mask, like the purple fairy. Yes. Uh. Anyway, Moash gets kidnaptured. And loses all the shards. So yeah, now the Voidbringers have two more shard plates and two more shard blades. Nice. Good haul. Yep. And they have a Moash. Whatever that's worth. <laughs> Not much. 
You found him nowhere. He can be useful in many situations. Yeah, he's a dark eyes again. As long as you want a dagger in your back, yes, Moash is good for that. Oh, he wasn't good with the dagger, remember? He had to use the spear. Does does Mm -hmm. he still technically own lands? Oh, that's right. He was given something. I thought yeah, that was just counting. Was Moash also given land? Oh, because yeah. he has the Hubble de Shard, yeah. He he was well, given lands before everything was... went to crap. It was hey, the Elokar. king that gave him the lands, and he tried to kill the king, so I'm guessing <laughs> that that's void. Like, Hey, Elokar, do you want to give wait. the guy who tried to kill you some uh, some land? Does Elokar you... know that Moash tried to kill him? Maybe someone told him. Yeah, Elokar was a little out of it at the time. I don't know. If we see Elokar, we'll ask him. I would just mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. curious to check back in on this at some point and find out if, if Moash still technically owns land. Maybe it'll come up in uh, Kings Oathbringer of the Oathbringer 3. Oathbringer 3, yeah. Alright. <laughs> That's chapter 43 for you. But wait, there's one more note. Nice airship. That's a drawing of an airship between chapters 43 and 44. Alright, chapter 44. The bright side. Spy kids. Vale got a bail. Shalon must go on. <laughs> Shalon has imposter syndrome. More boring meetings, but this one is less boring. Shalon defends Renarin. The Shalon way. Renarin sees pattern. Erythru is Voltron. Shalon can go on the reclamation mission. Dadinar points to the thing on his wrist and says, I just thought I should watch. <laughs> it's Dadinar. <laughs> it is Dadinar, because he shows up to support his son like a good dad. And make a good dad joke while he did does so. <laughs> okay, for the first part of this chapter, close your eyes. How many hats, Sean? Yeah, how many hats? Yeah, Sean. Is a beanie a hat? Absolutely, a beanie's a hat. So so what we're saying here is that uh, Shalon is Sean? I guess, I guess you'd be... Shalon um, Spencer. Shalad Spencer. Uh, what I'm saying is that Brandon almost certainly watched Psych and <laughs> and ripped this scene off from it. And all of <laughs> Wax and Wayne. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but we already covered that. Yeah. So wait, if Brandon Sanderson ever comes on the show, we have to ask him, how much has Psych influenced his writing? Maybe. I do, I do swear that the Thalen eyebrow thing is like, is straight up World of Warcraft elves. Like, so Shalon uh, is Vale, and she's in spy training with Vatha and the rest. And Vatha's kind of getting into it and having some fun, which Shalon never gets to see him have fun. So she's, I'm sorry, Vale never gets to see him have fun. So she's a little happy about that. But then she has it's to like go. Shalon because... doesn't hang out with her underling. Yeah. Shalon has to go to a meeting, and it's it's like this science meeting, and... She's like, oh, which persona should I put on to learn how to be a scholar? Wait, didn't Shalon want to be a scholar? And she's all kind of mixed up. But then she's also has this imposter syndrome, like, oh, I, I don't deserve to be here. I, you know, I shouldn't be in the same room with all these people and, and such like that. But also, like, literally, she's an imposter half the time. So it's kind of interesting. And Renarin shows up to this girl math meeting, and he's just like, oh, I just want to watch. My dad said I could, I could watch. And Devani's like, oh, you're more than welcome. 
And they're kind of teasing him, and Navani's about to speak in his defense, but then Shalon all whips out her tongue and bludgeons people over the face with it. You know, only only coincidentally is this woman Adolin's ex-girlfriend. Um, but, you know, she's, she's kind of... She's pretty yeah, it, sophomoric. It was, it was one girl who was picking over Nara. Not all of them. Jenna. I think Jenna there was a La. general... Yanala. Come on, Nara. Craig. Oh, there's a Y. <laughs> I think that there's like a general kind of like unease that he's there, but she's the one that straight up insults him. Yeah. And Yasna's like, ah, oh, I see your tongue is more blunt than sharp. And yes, Shalon's like, can you teach me? Can you teach me, mommy? And Yasna's like, uh, did you take notes? <laughs> um, anyways, so afterward, Shalon and Renarin have a little discussion here. And they've honestly got some pretty good chemistry, Shalon and Renarin. And you know, that's all I'll say about that. But the thing was, like, Renarin, Renarin was saying that Erythru was one big Fabriel made up of smaller Fabrials. So that's why Erythru is Voltron. Do and... we have his quote? Does anybody have his quote? And oh, I, I almost wrote it down. Okay. All right. Well, I'll set it up. All right, Mike. If, if Erythru is a giant Fabriel, what does it do? It does being a city. It bees a city. <laughs> There's a third line that I've forgotten, and I the, my book's in the other room. Yep, those are the lines. And then Dadinar shows up, and mostly just here to put Renarin at ease and make him feel less awkward so that he's not the only guy at this girl meeting. And, you know, Renarin noticeably perks up and shows uh, a more overt interest with his father there. He's because Yana... It's a really cute dad moment. Yanala wouldn't dare insult Renarin with Dalinar there. She shouldn't with Yasna and Navani there. She shouldn't in general. But she wouldn't dare with Dalinar there because he would have to duel her. He would have no choice but to <laughs> duel <Agni> Kai. her. <laughs> I want to see this Agni Kai before Yanala and Dalinar. Alright, that's the end of this week's chapters. Nice. Alright, well, I've got some spoilery stuff. Uh, me, me too. Yeah. Let's get to it then. Do we have anything else for Dave? Um, I do have one thing for Dave. So it was mentioned in the letter from uh, Mraes to Shallan or mm -hmm. Vale. Mm -hmm. I think he knows that they're the same person. I, anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, why would Vale be asking after uh, Hilarion, right? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, there is mentioned that there was someone who, someone not Kaladin, specifically not Kaladin, uh, who had bonded a spren in Amaram's army. Right. Oh, was it Teft? Not no, Teft. No, no, no. The, the little kid. Tien. The, the little Kaladin. Tien. Little Kaladin. Little Kaladin. <laughs> uh, in fact, it was. And at this point, you get this from Word of Brandon. I had Craig confirm last night. Uh, there's a Word of Brandon on this that came out right after this book came out, uh, that it is Tien, and he is a Lightweaver. Or would have been. Uh, he would have so been. It would have been a cryptic. Yeah, Shalon Spren. That is not. <laughs> Can you imagine if there was Shalon Spren? <laughs> it's just like it shows up every time someone makes a sarcastic comment. <laughs> it just shows up as like this big, this big ball of red fur. It 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 should rate the sarcastic comment though. It just holds up a, a number between one and ten for how good it is. And if it's really bad, it like bludgeons them with its tongue. 
All right. That's all I had for Dave. Or maybe Shalon Sprinter, like the Hitchhiker's Guide guy. The, the thing has a name, but I don't remember. Lord Prefect? No, the 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 logo man of Hitchhiker's Guide. Babble the little fish. planet. The little planet with the tongue with sticking the tongue. out. Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay. Good night, everybody. Friend. Bye. Bye, Dave. <laughs> but Dave. it also has red hair. Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Uh, okay, so what did I want to talk about? I don't know. What did you want to talk about? Oh, yeah. Uh, why Renarin is in that meeting. Any guesses? Because he wants to be a scholar. No. Is it something his friend is telling him to do? Sort of. Uh, I believe that he is in this meeting because he's already had the vision that Yasna was would, would was going to kill him. And so he's trying to spend time with Yasna in a non-obvious way and convince her not to. Do you think that's what he's trying to do, though? Because I thought he was pretty accepted of his fate. Well, eventually, because he kept getting the vision, I assume, and, like, nothing he was doing was changing it. And then she didn't kill him. Why he didn't she have a le- kill him? Well... Not, not think... why didn't she kill him? Why didn't the vision come true? Because people can make different decisions. Except uh, this it... is... This is investiture future sight, so... Yeah, so... Well, so there is still a black mark around Renarno because he has future sight. Um, specifically, she didn't kill him because she saw that she was going to kill him. She essentially vinned her way... Wait, Renarin vinned his way out of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm gonna no, have seriously. to keep an she, eye on that. She saw the book. her future, which allowed her to change that future. Okay. But yeah, I think I think this is like an early Renarin attempt to not get killed. Right. I think that's what's going on here. So essentially, anytime future sight is used, it's only blocked by future sight in some way. Um, whether it's you can view someone else's future sight or you also use future sight. That's why there's the black mark around Renarin uh, and what he can see. Like, well, presumably because he has his own future visions, like he could take steps to change them because he has the visions. Yes, but but what he's doing isn't enough yeah. to change that. Okay, I'll just have to keep an eye out for the end of the book again. Cause... Yeah, I definitely want to take a good look at that too. Yeah, I want to I want to keep an eye out for this specifically in addition to um Renarin and Relaine interacting literally ever. Yeah. Yep. They interacted a bit last week. They were in the same place for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's how relationships happen. Eh, I mean, they they're co-workers. Well, was it this week when Shalon was like, "No, you're not the weirdest person." around look at relaine more like i think it was last week and rock said that a lot of bridge people have their own uniqueness to them as renarin was worried he would be the strangest when it's like look everyone is a little bit different look at relaine and he's like i will look at relaine well first he was like look at the lopen you you don't even like you're a six (laughs) he's a 10 and then and then they were like oh yeah relaine's here too that's an 11 yep and Lopin would just be like, why, yes, I am a 10. Uh, Completely different scales, Lopin. I think that's all I had for spoilers. Um, all right. I got a lot. Possibly the letters. Do we want to talk about the letters? 
I was going to briefly mention them, um, but okay. if if you want to have a bigger discussion later on, uh, I was just going to say we know who the letters are from this weekend. Well, there's two from this week. Yeah, it's Endowment for the first one, Edgley, specifically. Yep. And then, uh, according to the Coppermind, it's Potgy, which I always thought it was just, it was Ambition, or not Ambition, um, Autonomy. Autonomy directly, and then telling him to go visit Potgy to try to get him killed. Yeah, so, autonomy's weird. I'm not sure I agree with the copper mine saying that it is that it is Pachi directly. I mean, we know first of the sun is way far in the future, so I don't know if Pachi even exists at this point. That could well, just be fan guessing. There's mention at like the end of the letter that like there's got I I should have this open. I do have this open. I can just look at it. Okay, blah blah blah. We stand in the sea, please, with our domains. Leave us alone. We also instruct that you should not return to Oberdai. We have claimed that world, and a new avatar of our being is beginning to manifest there. She is young yet, and as a precaution, she has been instilled with an intense and overpowering dislike of you. This is all we will say at this time. If you wish more, seek these waters in person and overcome the tests we have created. So maybe that is Pachi. That does sound like a Pachi thing. I was assuming that, like, Oberdai was a name of first of the sun but no it, it wouldn't be so yeah okay never mind i'm wrong this is pachi okay um and then you, we were talking about bear the first gem which i for the record my guess was going to be it was related to him holding a dawn shard at one point and that is what the copper mine says i yeah. had that guess before i looked it up yeah but that's not Good anything job. i can tell dave and that's literally all the copper mine says yeah that's all we know Eventually, we'll get to tell him after you reach Dawnshard, I believe, right? Uh, yeah. I think that's when we find out, or if it's that's... a word of Brandon. I don't remember if it's a word of Brandon or if well, we just... that's when we find out what Dawnshards are. Yeah. yeah. But we don't know about Hoyd, but it doesn't matter. Like, Hoyd stuff is almost entirely word of Brandon, so... Yeah. And I, I do sort of want to take it a little bit with a grain of salt. I, I don't like relying too much on words of Brandon, um... Book is canon. Like anything that is has been written and and released, because there's a lot of stuff that he wrote about Dragonsteel, but specifically that has been published. That is the like most 100 um, percent authoritative source. I don't like relying on words of Brandon because we have the the double door issue, and that's bad. I don't like that. Yeah, and also like anything that he says, he could mean, and it could be correct when he says it. And then in in the process of actually writing the book that would like solidify that, he can change his mind. Yeah. Brandon is pretty careful about it, so I'm still going to read the words of Brandon, but I do wanna emphasize that it could be subject to change. Yes. The- yes. So yeah, go ahead with what you've got. And do it quickly because I have to leave in like ten minutes. Alright. Um a couple things I wanted to discuss. So one was the, the epigraphs, uh which we did. Um Oh, the third one is from Sazed, and it's in his very distinctive speaking style. Yeah, we'll get there. And and I think we want to wait because we want to ask Dave who we think it is. Um, And that is not until chapter 53. We've only got two weeks left of we've only got two weeks left of this of this of part two. So, okay, I I don't I haven't looked at the diagram recently, so I just I just read whatever chapters Tori tells me to read. (laughs) Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, l- let's let's talk. I only have a couple minutes. Um, I'm trying to remember what I really wanted to discuss. There was something I wanted to discuss about Shalon's letter and what we find out about her brother Halarin. Um, and I was thinking about this a little bit. And so, sort of a question for you guys: 
how accurate is this actually? Like, is he actually an acolyte of the Skybreaker? On a scale from, like, 1 being not at all to 10, this is 100% accurate. So, we have good reason to believe that Mraze will lie. Yes. We also have good reason to believe that if the truth suits his needs, he won't lie. Sure. So, I don't know, I'm I'm at like a 6. Pattern mentioned that there are lies in the letter. There's something in the letter. Pattern mentioning that there are lies in the letter likely means that there is some sort of code in the letter mm. because he notices patterns okay um as yasna has told us we should we should not take what spren say with a grain of salt that it's it's important whatever it is that he notices something um but when when i first read that i'm like wait does that mean maybe the skybreaker thing is a little incorrect because i i think my understanding is that halaren wanted to prove himself to become a Skybreaker, and he wasn't actually yet. We know that there's a connection between Shallan's mother and the Skybreakers. I believe that's the case, right? And then the, and then the Ghostbloods send a guy in, like, yeah. immediately after Shallan kills her mom. Right. And... Um, but as far as, like, Skybreakers versus Sons of Honor, I don't know that there's a direct conflict there, but we do know that there is one between the Ghostbloods and the Sons of Honor. Yeah. So, Ghostbloods, as far as we know... Super big spoilers are ruled by um, Kelsier ruled ruled. I'm, I'm going to quote myself. He's he's the leader of the Ghostbloods, but they very much have their own way of doing things. Yeah. And when, as far as we know, when Kelsier's they're off Scadrial, like he wouldn't have any oversight, really. Right. Kelsier's trying to find a way off of his planet. He sort of is stuck on Scadrial because he's a cognitive shadow um, and not a cognitive shadow of endowment who they're able to leave. He's sort of stuck to his planet, much like the Heralds. I I actually think that he's stuck not necessarily because he's a cognitive shadow, but because he connected with preservation and ruin. So, like, he's stuck to that, and since Sazed won't leave the planet. Well, then, then the, um... The, the, the Return and the Five Scholars would have the same issue then, because they would be connected to endowment. Well, not necessarily, and especially there's if, definitely like, something unique with endowment. And especially the way she... endowment. I mean, especially if endowment isn't actively like or is actively taking steps to prevent the connection from from keeping them there, which Sazed either wouldn't know to do or wouldn't be interested in doing. I don't think Sazed had anything to do with. Kelsier being a cloud of shadow. Preservation was the one who made him that way, and Sazed's like, nah, I can't do anything for you. Yeah, but Sazed's a bad liar, and Kaladin, or not Kaladin, Kelsier said that he was lying. I think Kelsier found a different way, particularly using hemallergy and spikes to get a body. Well, yes, that's that's, that's pretty established. Clear. I'd love to see that scene actually written out, though. Actually, I'd love like a like a short story of just him and Spook doing doing stabby science. You just want to see the <laughs> and and we don't know where the body came. Let's okay, hold on. I don't want to go here. We already sounded like psychopaths earlier. Well, I I suspect that we'll get more of whatever Kelsier is doing or was doing in the Lost Metal because, like you know that that's how Bands yeah. of Mourning ended. I can't imagine it not coming up in the next Mistborn book. Yeah. Assuming yeah. Wax actually pays attention and doesn't make assumptions and just never rethinks. Anything. Wax would never do that. <laughs> Guys, until we had our podcast talking about those books, 
I was actually on like I was on board with Wax. Like I thought he was a good um, detective. And then you guys showed me otherwise. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. He makes assumptions and he never second guesses those assumptions. That is bad. The problem anyway, is that he's right so often. He is right. Sometimes. Like 90% of the time wrong, he's right. It's he's just, way wrong. Yeah, he doesn't reassess to determine if like he's made some bad assumptions. Anyway, uh, so l- l- let's talk about this because I know we have to wrap things up. Um, so yeah, so I was sort of thinking to myself, uh, is Hilarion being an acolyte skybreaker actually thing? And then I remember either reading about something or people talking about this where it's like he wanted to be a skybreaker and he went to try to prove himself by attacking someone who's in the Sons of Honor. Um, which, is, again, like you mentioned, it's a little bit weird. Skybreakers are just against Knight's Radiance in general, or at least that's what they originally were, were doing um, back in the first couple of books. Because Nail was told that this was a potential way to stop the desolation from occurring. Try to kill the proto-Knight's Radiant, and then maybe it won't happen. Right. So that's what they were doing. So my the thing that's going to determine this is where did he get the blade and plate? If we know that's that, then we know where he's coming from and what he's doing and why. Yeah. And it's... I'm actually leaning more toward this being like ghost bloods and Mraze just doesn't want to tell Shalon that. You think Hal- Halarin was a ghost blood? I That's my best guess for where he got blade and plate. That would make sense why he would go against Sons of Honor. They have yeah. beef. Yeah. And oh. Amaram specifically. Like, nobody else on the planet knows that Amaram's a D-bag, but mm. the Ghostbloods do. Yeah. Okay. I, I sort of like it. There's some potential there. I mean, it, he could be both. He could be wanting to join the Skybreakers, and he's also working for the Ghostbloods. Ghostbloods would not mind having someone in the Skybreakers. Yeah, well, it, goes, it could be that he was trying to infiltrate the Skybreakers for the Ghostbloods. I'm actually like, seeing it going in the order is is wrong. So, like, try to join Skybreakers first, fail, Ghostbloods, get Blade and Plate, kill Amaram. Hmm. But hmm. I gotta go. My my time is up. Okay. So uh, Should I continue? Well, I can't. You're recording. <laughs> You're right. <Yeah. laughs> that's, that's how this has worked for, like, nearly will, four I... years now. One sentence. Um, there was something I wanted to mention about Lif popping up. Never mind. I, I don't fully remember it, so I don't want to get into it. She's um, slippy slidey. That's what it is. Yeah. No, that's. It's not that. It was part of the discussion that Dalinar was having with uh, Guac before Lif popped up. I don't fully remember, so maybe I'll remember for next week. Okay. All right. Bye, All everybody. Right. Good night, Internet. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast, or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.